God bless fantasy football. There are many things a man can do with his time. And this is better than those things. We're back from Houston. There should be no interruptions this time during the middle of this podcast. Thank you all. I hope you all enjoyed the live show last week. I'm your host, current champion, Andrew Gelblatt, joined by your commissioner, two-time champion, Andrew Seiler. Seiler, how are you doing today? We're back on Wednesdays. I'm doing good. It's nice to be back on our consistent time. Um, Happy New Year to all you Jews. Uh, For those non-Jews, Caniglio and Noah, that did not know, (laughs) uh, it was Rosh Hashanah, which is our Happy New Year as Jews. So uh, everything that happened before this doesn't count. And we all get a clean slate for fantasy football going forward. I think, so first off, Lushana Tova. Um, but I think what you, the holiday you're referring to is Yom Kippur. I think that's the one where it's the clean slate. I think Rosh Hashanah is just Happy New Year. So you still have this week's salary of your shitty team. And then next week when you, or not, is it next week? Yeah, uh, no. Yeah, it is. It's Tuesday evening to Wednesday evening. Right, so this I'm week. I'm taking off that day. Right, so this, so this week you'll probably still lose, but next week you can start your clean slate and hopefully go from, you know, I do, I've, since last year, I typically, I go to my, my Bubby's uh, temple uh, that evening and I go and they do this thing where they let everyone go up to the Torah and kind of like make a wish for the year. And last year I wished for a championship and it came true. So I think that that's a tradition that I'm going to have to keep going with this year and, and see how it works for me. But we're, 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 get, we're getting away from ourselves. We've got recap of last week for you guys. We've got power rankings. We've got our predictions for this week. So we're going to jump right in to our matchups from last week. We're officially a third of the way through the season. Technically, I mean, it's 13 weeks in the regular season. We're four weeks. So I'll do some rounding. Some some weird matchups, some odd odd losses, some odd wins. So let's, we'll get started with myself. Uh, probably the most dominant win we've seen in this league yet, 155 to 69. <laughs> uh, we And it's funny because it comes off of a podcast where I specifically said the one downside to my team is that there's no one on my team who can score 40 points. And then Nick Chubb must have been hearing me, and he was like, bro, I got you. Runs for Three touchdowns, 166 yards, 43 points. But it wasn't just him on like a Caniglio win where he scores that much or he wins. You know, I also had some guys on my team putting up 20s and and 15. So a good look for my team going forward. Yeah, and on a week that Darren Waller, who's just been killing it every week, kind of had a down week. Um, you know, Fitz had a little bit of a down week, but the rest of your team uh, put up pretty good numbers. Gurley's still getting those touchdowns. Um, and as you said, Nick Chubb rolling on through rolling 44 on through. points. And uh, maybe uh, he can keep up that, pro- maybe not that production, but he can keep up some solid production. Going yeah. Forward. And yeah, Wise team, uh, a lousy 70 points, you know, on the back of Le'Veon Bell being on a bye, Jamal Williams getting hurt in the first quarter. But even so, you know, just a, a it's kind of like a perfect storm of a down week between Juju Amari and Tyler Lockett. Yeah, I mean, New Orleans, that game was very defensive. Um, you know, Dow, uh, they only had four field goals, New Orleans, and Dallas only, I mean, both teams barely scored. So on weeks that Dallas plays decent competition, Amari and Witten might not put up like 20 to 30 points. Yeah. Uh, next game we had was Nate against Noah in one of the two games where, of course, teams, you know, these stud teams, uh, the other game I'll be talking about later is Russell's game, you know, 
both Nate and Russell having very disappointing weeks and the, their opponents not being able to capitalize. Nate putting up his season low 93 points. You know, Rodgers did great, but we're seeing that without Barkley, he doesn't really have that true second running back to, to plug into that spot. I was reading things that Barkley should be playing, and on Nate's defense, if he had played Godwin, which he typically does over Samuel, he would have had a fantastic week, but we can't play the what-ifs. He, he's, a, you know, half of fantasy football is coaching, so he made a bad call. But, again, Noah not being able to capitalize on this, relying on guys like John Ross, Vernon Davis, Nelson Aguilar. We've been saying this for the past couple of weeks. You're not going to be able to win games like that, and it really showed this week. Yeah, I mean, I think this will be the last time that Nate ever starts Curtis Samuel over Chris Godwin after, the, after last week. Um, but as you said, Saquon probably won't be back this week, but – Given he had an eight-week timetable, the fact that he might be back in three weeks is pretty ridiculous. Um, so Nate's outlook is looking up, especially with Tyler Boyd now that John Ross – I guess it's funny that you know Noah had John Ross also, but now that John Ross is on IR, Tyler Boyd is going to soak up all those targets, and Nate's team is once again trending up. Yeah. Um, then we had – what's the next thing? We had you against Lee. I took a chance on Lee and it paid off. You putting up, I don't even know if this is your season low, but 92 points against Lee's season high of 126 on the back of Cooper Cup and Jarvis Landry, James Conner having a big game. So this was kind of just like the, this was the, I think we called it for you a trap game. I mean, you needed a win and it was a, a game that most people would have thought if we were in Vegas, we probably would have bet heavily on you. How, I mean, we can talk about this when we get to the power rankings, but you got to start. You must be starting to feel nervous about this Vikings tandem of Dalvin and Thielen. If you know they really can't, if 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 teams start shutting down the run, uh, I'm a little concerned. But to be honest, I knew going into it that playing in Chicago, the Vikings were going to struggle offensively. I thought we might have scored one touchdown, maybe two, uh, if that. Going into the week when the game started, I didn't think we were going to score at halftime, but. Um, I don't know. They play the Giants. Like most teams are not going to have the dominant defense that the Bears have, so it's not looking great. Also, the fact that Kirk Cousins is apologizing to Adam Thielen for not throwing to just fucking throw him the ball. Don't apologize publicly. All this bullshit. We know that you have to throw him the ball. Just throw him the ball. So I am a little concerned. I'll be more concerned if they play the Giants and Thielen does not have a big thing. Yeah, and then on the flip side, Lee's team, you know, James Conner putting up some good points. Not sure how I still feel about him in the future. He was playing a really, a real, and I, I say this, I think it's an understatement, a really bad Bengals team. Like, they might be just as bad as the Dolphins. They look, like, I think they, they play this week or next week and maybe week five or week six, and it's maybe even later, but that's essentially going to be, like, the game for the first overall pick because I can't see the Bengals winning a single game with that offense. So I can. I mean, they they almost beat Seattle week one. I think they lost by a point. I forget who they played week two, but I think that was a really close game also. Uh, what shocks me about Lee's team is that he's starting Kyle Rudolph right now. How is he even rosterable? Like, it, even if you're going to start a Vikings tight end, get Irv Smith. But, like, I wouldn't start either of them anyway. He should be starting Jared Cook. Case Keenum is on his team. I don't even think he's starting for the Redskins. Um, I mean, this Connor's might be. Gonna be hurt. I mean, at what point do you? I mean, you know, obviously, as commissioner, you can't like start 
co-owning two teams where like, you know, you have to let him do what he does. But at what point do you think you kind of say like, man, like you, you're not really making roster moves. You're not, you're just kind of like giving up at this point. When do you give him a co-owner? Uh, we'll have to see. I mean, I keep, I messaged him today and he was like, Oh, I've been really busy at work. But like, let's be honest. It takes five to 10 minutes. Right. To make a roster move. Uh, I like how you're. I like how you're doing that when he's playing me this week. Like, um, well, he didn't need any additional help against me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at some point we're gonna have to do something. Although, to be honest, he has a better record than Brian. So why don't we move on to Brian's matchup? We'll go next. We'll go to Brian against Noah. I'm uh, not Noah Russell again. One of those matchups where. <laughs> One of the one of our top three teams was very vulnerable, scoring only ninety six points, and Brian failed to break the eighty point mark, scoring seventy eight points. You know, you say like, oh, Devonte Adams got hurt, but he put up what twenty six points prior to that. He trades for Tom Brady, does great for him week one, still can't get him a win, but week two puts up two point seven points, puts in McCole Hardman negative one point one points, Delaney Walker. Point nine points. The one week he doesn't play digs, I guess it wouldn't have even mattered anyway. He still would have lost, but not Brian's team is not looking on the up and up. And I think from from Russell's standpoint, I think this was again kind of like Nate. It was the perfect storm of bad performances, like Hopkins, Watkins. <laughs> Does he have any Americans? Uh, Mark Ingram, right? Like they all just had really bad performances, and he just couldn't jump on that opportunity. Yeah, and I think we kind of mentioned this with Brian's team last week that it's like one step forward, two steps back. He just keeps getting, you know, the injury bug. And Daryl Williams put up a great performance, but now that Damian Williams is healthy, uh, now Daryl Williams isn't that valuable. Melvin Gordon will be coming back, so that will help his team a little bit, but it's not a good look to be owned for. He's got to be close to the bottom of points for in the whole league so far. Right. It's going to take a lot. And he is currently on pace to be the cake eater. But in, in or I guess, I don't know, a half marathon, Brian might do that. But on Russell's side, this, as you said, was his down week. Kansas City, even on his down week, put up 34 points as a team. Um, and I think that this is kind of not the norm. And his team is just going to get back on the norm. Kansas City is going to be Kansas City. Mahomes is going to be Mahomes. And his team is going to put up a lot of big numbers next week. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. The second-to-last game we had was Coniglio against Dane in what was probably the, the top matchup of the week. Dane squeaking out a win by four four less than four points, 3.8 points behind. You know, Coniglio putting up a respectable 126 points, but the biggest blow to his team was probably two things. One, Marlon Mack, not sure what that injury is going to be. And Christian Kirk, if he's going to be able to play. So Coniglio's team is starting to kind of drop like flies as well. And it'll be interesting to see how he recovers from those injuries because I think his run, his running back depth, right? Like he, he's got James White and Latavius Murray, but James White, the, the Patriots offense is running very differently. I don't think James White is being as featured. And with Teddy Bridgewater and Latavius Murray really has no value. The fact that the Patriots D put up another 30 points is absurd to me. Uh, honestly, Lee should have taken the Patriots D second with a second pick instead of Sonny Michelle. Because the Patriots D must have like so many more points than Sonny Michelle right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I see where you're coming from with Kenny team. I think 
Golden Tate coming back could help because then he can replace. Not to say that he's like super valuable, but I think with Daniel Jones, you know, he's going to look to Golden Tate a lot in the slot, so that will help a little bit. Right. Uh, on the other side, and just overall in the matchup, I think it's pretty wild, and I give a lot of credit to Dane that if he had played Baker Mayfield, like most people would have done, and not played Marcus Mariota, he would have lost, which I find incredible that you could have the balls to start Marcus Mariota against anybody. I mean, that Falcons defense is really bad. It is really bad, but Marcus Mariota, I've seen him be really bad also, no matter (laughs) who he's playing. So I give you a lot of credit, Dane. Good job. Yeah. No, yeah, uh, well, I'll talk about Dane's team more when we get to the power rankings and where I have him. But the last map matchup we had was Corals against Scott. Corals, another big win, up 100, another 130-point game. He's on a hot streak right now. He put up 150 points last week, 130 points this week. Leonard Fournette with a 30-point game. Robert Woods, 25. You know, those are some, those are some big boy numbers. Bears defense, 19 points. I, I feel like Coral's team is really on the up and up, while Scott's team, and we had him pretty high for a while. Do you know, I think Scott has one of the lowest points for in the entire league. So, you know, I think, I personally, I was very nervous to draft Joe Mixon. I, I don't trust him. I don't think he's really, really ever proven himself. So, Joe Mixon is kind of turning out to be a bust for him, which is really just kind of spiraling down to everything else because ODB is not really panning out to be a wide receiver one. He's more like a wide, he'll have wide receiver one games, but his variance is crazy right now. It's essentially either a a 30 point game or a three point game. And OJ Howard is still just a, a a not a no factor in this Bucks offense. That's so high scoring right now. And Tyrell Williams might've been hurt. So I just don't, I Scott's team after this week seems to be in a sticky situation. I was also very high on Scott's team. I had him at three for a while. You did have him at three. The fact that Chris Carson could fumble, if he fumbles one or two more times, he's going to be in the doghouse most likely. As you said, Mixon hasn't been great. O.J. Howard, if your team puts up 55 points, you should have more than five points. Yes, I 100% agree. Yeah, I mean, Scott Scott right now, he has the second least points for, he's behind Lee by 30 points. My brother is at 370. And Bree's getting hurt. I guess that hurts a little bit, but like Rivers has put up over 20 points, I think, both weeks. So, like, it's not that much of an impact. Right. Uh, on the other side, I have doubted Coral's team in the past. It's proven me wrong. I, I do think, though, that during the bye weeks, we're going to. Um, I don't think he has great, like, bench to, like, substitute players in during the bye weeks. I'm not sure how his bye week situation is, if he has all of his players out, essentially. They have all their players out in one week, or if it's. You know, mix between you know one guy one week, one guy another week. Which even then, I just don't love his bench. So it'll be interesting to see how they play that out. Uh, oh, you mean Quarles? Right. Yeah, I mean the fact that they're only running back on the bench is Royce Freeman, and they have Philip Lindsay. So that's double bye week right there. So I agree. I mean, it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do during their buys. Yeah. Cool. So that, that was recap of last week. Looking at the standings right now, you have your your six playoff teams are Nate, Coniglio, Quarles, Dane from their respective divisions, and then for the wild cards, you have Russell and then myself as the sixth seed. Um, you are current. Siler though is the 
third eight most probably. eight seed, but with the third most points for. So a couple of wins, and you can kind of squeak into that wild card spot. It's still very close division races in every in, in all three divisions, all four divisions, right? I mean, you have Canigli and I both tied at three and one. Corals with just a one game lead over Noah. You know, so a loss by Noah and a win by Corals to make it a two-game lead with Brian essentially being non-existent is huge. Uh, in the Nate division, you have Russell one game back. And in your division, you and Wyatt are both one game behind Dane. So that's probably the most competitive div- division right now, which I think we said was going to be the most competitive division. But we thought it was going to be because you guys were all scoring insane amounts of points, not because of the situation you guys are in right now. So quite the turn of events. I think Wyatt and I have the most points against at the moment. So sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't get lucky. So hopefully it evens out throughout the season. Yes. Uh, sorry with me, just just mind me one moment. Sal, you want to just kill some time to say something that's going on in your life? Uh, sure. Uh, as Yom Kippur is coming up, I want everyone to think about uh, their draft pick that they made, that they regret the most. So Caniglio could be Antonio Brown, you know, just spitballing here. And I want you on Yom Kippur to uh, repent for your sins if you have to that play. Great. Couldn't be said better. So now we've got our power rankings for you. Our power rankings this week are brought to you by the Plainview Diner. You know, they proudly serve the town of Plainview as well as Melville and all of Nassau County, New York, but are pleased to have served lovely customers from all around the world. We sincerely want you to enjoy your meal when you visit Plainview Diner, whether you're visiting us for lunch or getting some delicious takeout food. We strive for 100% satisfaction. Plainview Diner is available for takeout food and catering. You can call them today for details. Plainview Diner, where family is made. So going into the power rankings this week, I actually had a few. I haven't looked at yours, so this will be interesting to see how we go back and forth. I'm glad to see right off the bat we made the same change, so we'll talk about that. But starting from top to bottom, uh, I ha- I decided, and I think it's about time, that Brian is now the number 12 team. He's proven that he has, five, he has the least points for. He's injury-bound. His team is just a mess. Um, Brian is 12. Yeah, I mean, I also made that switch. Lee, for one, got a win. Uh, and two, he put up over 125 points, which I don't even have to look. I'm almost sure that Brian has not done that yet. I don't think it's even so, fine. He, he's averaging. My brother has a total of 370 points. So, oof. Right, he's averaging under 100 points a game. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't see how we could possibly put Brian anywhere else but 12 this week. Yeah. I mean, Lee has essentially 50 more points for than him. So he's averaging like a little over 100 points a week. Yeah. So I think that we have them both rightfully slotted at 11. But I did have, I did have Lee at 11. Like you said, I think, I think, I think we made this point earlier on, like before the bye weeks, Lee's team is always a wild card to beat any team. He's any person that plays Lee, whether it's me this week, whether it's Nate in four weeks, whether it's Russell in six weeks, it's always going to be a trap game because you never know with James Conner and Jarvis Landry and Cooper Cup, if two of those guys score 40 points, you're done. Also, I think we should change the Miami Dolphins bet to Brian's team because Lee has already broken the streak. (laughs) Brian is the only team without a win. And he's getting killed and slaughtered in every game, similar to the Miami Dolphins. So the bet is now changed. 
to Brian's team. I like that. That's fair. Next, we have Scott. I had Scott at 10. Who did you have at 10? Uh, I had Noah at 10 and Scott at 9. Okay. I had Scott at 10, Noah at 9. Uh, like we were saying, Scott's team is just – they. he's been – He's got some flashy names, which makes you think his team is better than they are, right? You see ODB, you're like, oh my god, how could they that? You see Chris Carson, you see Joe Mixon, you're like, oh, those are, you know, players that probably got drafted very early on in the draft. His team can't be that bad, but they're putting up no points. I, I just don't see where it's going to go. A lot of his, you know, investments like Duke Johnson just completely didn't pan out. OJ Howard is not panning out. Brandon Cooks seems like the clear number three wide receiver in that receiving core with a quarterback who's now kind of digressed a little bit and he's not really playing as well as he has been the past two years. So that's not a really great place to be with Brandon Cooks. I just, I think his team is. The only reason that I have Scott above Noah, and I actually think Noah has a little more depth on the bench, but Noah is starting. Tyler Eifert right now at tight end. His backup tight end is Chris Herndon on the Jets. Given, I don't really know that much about Chris Herndon. He could be good. I highly doubt it. He's got Alshon, who's always hurt. Jordan Howard, who put up three touchdowns. And who knows, Miles Sanders could put up the next three touchdowns. We have no idea. Uh, And David Montgomery is starting for him, who I don't think has really done anything in any game so far this season. So... There's just not much that I really get excited about, yep. aside from Lamar talking about Noah's team. Couldn't couldn't agree more. I think at, by week four or week five, you realize you start realizing, you know, where, which teams have potential. So I have Wyatt at eight. I do too. Yeah, I think his team is now just starting to prove that you you need at least a running back to carry your team, and until. Darnold comes back, and even then, if I don't know if Le'Veon Bell is going to put up value, I mean, he's had. I think what did what did what did uh why put up last week? Not against me, one thirty-five, I think. Okay, so maybe something like that. Maybe not then, but he's also pretty low on the points for. So I just I just don't see how you could trust your team. Oh, I mean, actually, he's not that bad. I don't. I just don't think he's better than some of the other teams. It's one of these weird things where he's not like the worst team. He's he's eight. You know, he's he's better than four. Uh, what is that? He's better than a third of the league. But I don't think he's a top six team. No, and I mean last week he had Russell Wilson and Lockett put up. Russell Wilson had like a fifty point game. Right. That's probably not going to happen again. Yeah. Um, Amari's playing a little hurt. Juju's a little hurt. His team's getting dinged up. And uh, as you said, running back depth is a serious concern now and in the future. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I had Quarles at seven and Dane at six, which it looks like you did as well, and yes. me at five. So we could talk about those. So Quarles, like we were saying, two back-to-back very strong weeks. I think this week he's poised for another good week as well. But like I was saying, I don't know what happens during the bye weeks. So. I'll be, I, that's why I don't have him in the top six yet. I have him below Dane. I'll be interested to see how he comes out of weeks seven, eight, and nine. He, yeah, I mean, they actually have some pretty damn good matchups this week. Uh, I mean, Deshaun plays Atlanta, so that should be fun to watch. Right. Um, so I think this week, 
I do like their team, but I don't know. To be honest, a lot of them, as I said before, have really surprised me. Um, I'm interested to see how Chase Daniel and Allen Robinson connect because they had a decent game together last week, and I could see them developing a little bit of rapport. But their team just doesn't have enough, you know, boom in it for me to put them above, you know, your team, Dane, and the rest of the team. Right. So then at six, we have Dane. So this is now like the, we think these are the, this is who I would think makes the playoffs, which, you know, Corals is obviously in the playoffs and you're not. Dane's team is interesting. I feel like I say this about a lot of teams, but. Really, the biggest thing that I want to see with his team is what happens now that Austin Eckler, he he essentially just lost an an RB1 in his RB2 slot. So what happens to his team when that happens? Because he's almost taking, like, that could possibly be another 15 points taken off from his team every week, which if I went back to his, you know, matchups, that could almost be the difference between winning and losing. Uh, What I'm excited about is to see which QB he streams every week. He's playing he Andy is Dalton. Streaming Andy Dalton, the red rifle at quarterback, given Arizona's pasty has been horrendous. But Andy Dalton at times of his career has also been horrendous. Yeah. So it it you know, Baker was I forget which round he drafted him in, whether it's the fourth or the fifth. But now it just seems like Baker's just gonna be riding the bench whenever he doesn't have a good matchup, which is an interesting move. No, I don't. he didn't draft Baker that early. He drafted Ertz in, like, the fifth, and Dane wouldn't have drafted. Oh, that's true. He did draft Ertz. High four bath right now is his kicker. I don't know why. He probably, I bet you, he probably thinks that he's going to be the Patriot kicker. I wouldn't blame them for signing Cole. I hope they sign Blair Walsh, honestly. I don't think they will, but it would be fun if they did. Um... But that's a bold they? move with Kai. I guess you could always pick up somebody else, but uh, it'll be fun to watch who you play at QB every week. So I'm looking forward to it, Dave. Yeah. So top five teams, and I have so I have my top five teams after this past week. I truly do think can I think any of these five teams could win the whole thing, given the opportunity. And with mm-hmm. you know, you just need a couple of good weeks at the end of the year. My team, you know, my team is now put on two. Very, you know, I, I'll be honest when I say I think one of my wins was very close and two of my wins were very dominant. So I think my team has a lot of potential. And, you know, the opposite of what I said last week, I do have players that really can blow up. So especially if Gurley is now going to get this involved in the passing game, I think it, it, things are looking up for Team Galbot. So for me, I still kind of think your team's a little below the top four, I mean, Gurley is putting up decent numbers, but I forget, I think you said he had five carries, and I know that it was very, you know. Well, they only ran the ball ten times. Right, and I know it was very game flow dependent, but the amount of carries he's put up in every game is 14, 16, 14, 5, and that's not enough to get me excited about, you know, his outlook. But that's just Gurley, I mean, DJ Moore hasn't given Cam wasn't healthy and he has, you know, the backup quarterback and all these things. But I just personally think that the other four teams uh, are just a little bit better than, than yours right now. That's fine. So, yes, then I had, I had Caniglio four, U three, Nate two, Russell one. 
And I think you had U4, Caniglio 3, Nate 2, Russell 1. To be honest, I think my team is actually better than Caniglio's. I just can't put myself at any higher than 4 after I lost the league. It's just, it's very difficult for me to do. Yeah, I think just to rapid fire about all these teams, you know, we said Caniglio... Very, I, I think he's one injury away from coming from dropping out of the top five. I think your team yeah. is, you know, I'm interested to see how the Vikings do because you are very dependent on how the Vikings perform. Nate's team, Barkley comes back. I think he goes back to number one. And Russell's team, be interested to see what happens when Tyreek Hill comes, if he can still play Watkins as his wide receiver too. Yeah, I think the Kansas City connection might actually determine who wins the league. <laughs> so, so I'm very excited to see that Russell. To be Russell, you probably have the best team in the whole league. I mean, I mean, we have you at one, but you need three straight weeks of all Kansas City, or you're not going to win the finals. Yeah, I don't know who they play those three weeks, but you better hope it's not good defense. <laughs> Okay, so we'll be right back after this short break, and when we come back, we'll go over our predictions for this week. So stay tuned. And we're back. So we got some power. We got not power rankings. We went through power rankings, went through last week's matchups. We're going to go over our predictions this week. And just to you know, make sure everyone's in the loop in terms of predictions, right now I am 17-7, and seven, and Siler is 11-13. and 13. So... Actually, a losing record, and last week Brian was two and four. Uh, Siler, how are you feeling about your picks? I mean, what uh, things you have to change? Had a perfect week. I did have a perfect week. Yeah, I mean that's impressive. I think my picks need to be a little better. Uh, I think I need to, regardless of last week, go against Lee, uh, and that is just not going to be the norm. So I hope that I do a little better going forward. Good. So first game we got is Coniglio against Nate. Probably one of the most anticipated matchups of the week due to, you know, both teams leading their divisions. Right now, Coniglio is a nine-point favorite with Nate starting Kyler Murray against Cincinnati, which is not the craziest play. Um, Oh, no, he's not. Sorry. Kyler Murray is just the highest projected player on his team. Aaron Rodgers against Dallas and Aaron Jones. He has to start Ronald Jones against New Orleans. Um, I, I, I'm going to go with, while Coniglio is the favorite, I think I'm going to go with Nate this week. I am going to go with Coniglio. I think Nate has extremely tough matchups this week, except for Tyler Boyd. I think pretty much every other one is going to be really difficult. So I'm going to go with Coniglio. Oh, actually, he is playing Jameis. So hold on. I don't, I don't know how many points Jameis scored last week. But I can assume, and it was a lot because they put up 55. He's going to put up five points this week. I'm still going to go with Coniglio. Gotcha. Okay, so I'm going to go with Nate. You got Coniglio. Next matchup I have on here is, pardon me for one second. I went to the matchup. Next matchup we have is you against Wyatt. Right now you are a 40-point favorite. (laughs) Why is that? Kenyon Drake isn't playing, and Jamal Williams isn't playing. So that's going to change when he updates. Right, he'll put in Le'Veon Bell. And I don't know his second running back. It's probably going to be Malcolm Brown, I would guess. Hopefully he can, like, vulture a touchdown. I'm going to have to go with you. 
you, I, yeah, I'm going with, with you, Siler. I'm only going to pick Wyatt because every time that I've picked myself, I've lost. So for the rest of the season, I'm picking against myself. I'm going with Wyatt. Wow, okay. Not a lot of confidence there. You, you truly yeah. think you're not going to win? I hope that I win, but I have to go with whatever worked for me in my one week that I picked against myself. Okay. So I'm going to pick against myself. Next up, we got Noah against Corals. Corals is a eight-point favorite, eight point two. He's on quite the hot streak. While I think Corals is on a two-game winning streak, while Noah's on a two-game losing streak, I'm going to pick Corals. I think the hot streak continues. I think that I'm also going to go Corals. Lamar plays in Pittsburgh. That's tough. Whenever Lamar does not have a good matchup, Noah loses. So I'm going to go Quarles. Uh, and Wyatt, we eagerly await your coin prediction. Yeah, what the uh, hell is going on with that? That was a great... We, we, we want an explanation why the coin predictions were stopped, Wyatt. <laughs> Next thing we have is Russell against Scott. It looks like Russell is a 30-point favorite. There are some crazy spreads this week. Uh, I will say Scott has not replaced his kicker, so... Let's say it's eight points, so it's more like a 20 point spread. Even then, he's still it's still not looking great. Russell is bench with Sean McCoy for so that he can play Cortland Sutton against the Chargers. Big roster change there. I'm gonna go with Russell. I gotta go with Russell. I know Kansas City is favored by like 11. That over under is probably really high. Kansas City is Kansas City, they're gonna put up a shit ton of points. They're not in a dome this week. So I'm going to go with Russell. Okay. Then we got second to last game. You have Dane against my brother. My brother on a four-game losing streak. Dane coming off a great win against Caniglio. Four-point... Uh, what's the term? Wow, I'm just blanking. Spread? Four-point spread, yeah. Uh, and Dane is now playing Wayne Gallman as his running back two. Benching carry on Johnson, who's on bye, which makes sense. Damian Williams is back, though. I'm gonna go. I'm actually gonna go with my brother on this one. I think this is when my brother gets his first win. I don't know what he's doing starting Nicole Hardman. I'd probably just start Peyton Barber by now already, but who? What do I know? I don't know. Tampa. It's a different running back every single week, so it's really hard to know that situation. Mm-hmm. I'm also gonna go with your brother. I think. Andy Dalton, whether it doesn't matter if he has a good matchup, he's going to fuck it up. It's Andy Dalton. And I think Shepard, now that Golden Tate is back, uh, is going to lose some value. Also, Goldman is not that good of a running back. No, I agree. I'm going to go with Brian. Last game we have is me against Lee. Right now I am a, what is that, 16-point favorite. But to be fair, Goskowski is not playing, so it's probably more like a like a 10-point favorite when he puts his kicker in. Oh, no, he, he oh he did update his lineup. Matt Gay. Matt Gay! And Jimmy Graham. He's a legitimate lineup right now. So this is his full lineup. I'm still going to go with myself. I took a chance on Lee last week. I think he did well. But this week he does have some tougher matchups, especially like James Conner against Baltimore, uh, Cooper Cup against Seattle, Landry against San Francisco. So I'm going to go with myself. 
Uh, I'm going to just take this time to call out Corey for not picking up Matt Gay, because then you could have changed your teammate to your Gay, <laughs> which, which would have been perfect for you circa high school and going forward. But anyway, on to my prediction. I am not going to pick. I can't pick Lee. You have to. I, I, he I beat pick, you. I, I Just because he beat... He, I, I, the one time I took a chance on him, he let me down. Lee, you let me down. You need to start making some kind of crazy moves to catch up to me. I mean, I've got a six-point win lead on you. So you're right. I do have to make moves to catch up to you. This is not one that's going to help me catch up to you if I pick Lee. It will make me further behind you. I am going to pick you. Okay. So I have you, my brother, Russell, Quarles, myself, and Nate. You have Wyatt, my brother, Russell, Quarles, me, and Coniglio. So we differ on two picks this week. So we'll see how that goes. So possibly you can bring up the spread, you know, the lead down to four. Guys, it's been great this week. It's a little bit of a shorter episode, but we're back on Wednesday. So I hope you appreciate that. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, Siler. Hope you guys have a great week. Enjoy the games of football. Had a good... Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah Anything from you, Siler? Happy holidays. Happy holidays, everyone. Oh, thank you.